0: everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Struggle Continues Podcast, I'm your host, Kaya Starks. Before I jump into this week's segment, I do want to thank everybody For being really patient with me between school and traveling back home to visit family. I've been super busy and on top of that my podcast mic cut out on me and it only recorded the first 7 seconds of my 30 minute episode that I originally planned for. So I'm really sorry about that but I thank you guys for your support. It truly does mean a lot to me that you guys continue to listen to my podcast. It makes me feel really good um, and it also makes me feel like I'm making a difference in my community even if it's just a small handful of people that are listening. But without further ado, I do want to introduce this week's segment and I will be talking about what it's like growing up mixed and living in sort of like a twilight zone when it comes to your personality, especially when it comes to visiting different sides of your family or making friends and establishing relationships in the future. For those of you who know me personally, you know that my mom is white and my dad is black and for those of you who are mixed, you can probably relate to me when I say this, having a white mom and a black dad is completely different from having a white dad and a black mom. Probably one of the most annoying and constantly asked questions when I tell people that my mom is white is, can your mom cook? Um, she can, it's just a little bit different my mom is on a keto diet right now so whenever i come home and visit her for um you know vacation or just because i miss her she's always cooking like something keto friendly and one of my favorite meals that she makes is a cauliflower mash and i know that sounds super gross but please do not knock it until you try it that is probably one of my favorite dishes that my mom makes and she also makes believe it or not she makes a pretty good baked mac and cheese But if you ask my mom to make some oyster stuffing or some turkey noodles, um, yeah, that's gonna have to be a a quick no for her. She's gonna have to pass up on that opportunity unless you hand her a recipe or something because it's a little too complicated. But overall, yes, my mom does know how to cook. um, And my dad does know how to grill. The stereotypical black dad, he does know how to grill. He doesn't wear sandals when he grills, though. Actually, my dad wears his Crocs when he grills. But regardless if my mom was white or black or if my dad was white or black, I still love both of my parents and I wouldn't trade them for the world. They've molded me into the person I am today and they've always been my number one supporters. For those of you who do not know either of my parents, it's probably a good thing because my parents are super crazy. My mom and dad met at a really young age, I want to say that they were both in their early 20s and i could describe their relationship as two people who were in love but they were kind of forced to get married it was traditional that you know my mom being from a a christian household and same with my father um that you would get married and then have kids but it kind of went the other way around my mom and dad had me when they were 25 and then they got married in 2003. my mom is a white woman from boston massachusetts she has freckles and she has the most beautiful smile I've ever seen Um, I actually thank her a lot about my smile because anytime I go to the dentist office they always compliment me on my smile and I'm like thanks I get it from my mom Um, my dad on the other hand he's born and raised in North Carolina he's actually from Concord which is just you know outside of Charlotte and he could be described as a pretty small man Um, my dad's always been really skinny um, but he's always had a, a very nice smile I love my father's smile I was born in the University Hospital in Charlotte. I was born November 16th, 2001. I am a Scorpio, and I don't really pay attention to horoscopes like that, but I figured I would go ahead and throw that in for this segment. When I was born, I actually had to go into emergency surgery because I had the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck, so I guess I was just trying to kill myself in the womb. But after being in labor for a few hours, um... I was born, I was a high yellow, little swollen baby and my dad's friends actually gave me the nickname of Moon. I still to this day hate that nickname, nobody is allowed to call me that. But my great grandmother, Pearlie, she or I like to call her Mama. She gave me the name of Kaya Christiane Starks and everybody mispronounces my middle name and they even mispronounce my first name too, Um, but my middle name is Christiane, it's not Christine, it's not Christiane, it's Christiane, and I was actually named after the CNN news reporter Christiane Omnipore. I find it really ironic that I was named after a CNN news reporter because I have a passion for broadcasting and journalism. I also have a passion for the criminal justice system, and that's something that Christiane Omnipore focused on when she was a reporter at CNN. So besides the nickname of Moon, my dad gave me the nickname of Sugar Lump because apparently I just looked like a little lump of sugar when I was born, and he could hold me in one hand. I want to say around 18 months later, my parents had my little brother, AJ, um, and he was born in May 2003. So my brother and I were both in our parents' wedding pictures that following November they had gotten married. And my brother and I, we've gotten a lot closer over the years, and I want to say we didn't start getting closer until after my sister was born, but up until my sister was born, we used to fight all the time. I know that one of our favorite games to play was WWE, so there were a lot of things that were broken and smashed in the house and you really could not give us anything i remember one christmas we were gifted a drum set a drum set and a guitar set i want to say for my grandparents and i feel like grandparents do this on purpose and my brother and i literally beat the living shit out of the drum set and the guitar Growing up, my brother and I moved around a lot. So one of our first houses was a house in Prescott Village, and that was in the university area. We made a lot of friends there. I still keep in contact with some of my friends from that neighborhood. After that, we had moved in with my grandmother for a while, and we lived with her for, I want to say, a year. Then my parents were off and on on their relationship. So sometimes I would stay with my grandparents on my mom's side, and other times I would be staying with my grandmother on my dad's side. We also lived in the Lake Norman area, and we lived in this place called the Blue House. That's what my brother and I like to call it. I want to say I have vivid memories of that house, but honestly, nothing comes up to my mind when I talk about that house, but if you ask my brother, he could tell you every detail about that house. I also lived in Mint Hill for a while, and then Matthews as well. Um, My grandmother lived in Albemarle, so I've been pretty much everywhere around Charlotte except for Charlotte itself. I've always been a really independent child, especially in school. I liked playing teacher and whenever there was a group project that was assigned, I always volunteered to be the group leader. In elementary school, I went to David Cox Elementary, which was right near Lake Norman in the university area. And I only went there for a year and then my parents moved us to Mint Hill and i went to lebanon road elementary school if you guys stayed on that side of town you probably stayed in the Morris farms neighborhood that's where i lived in for i want to say three years and then we left actually because our house had black mold in it but at lebanon road elementary school it was a racially diverse school i'd say that we stayed i wouldn't say we stayed on a more poverty side of you know charlotte but You could tell that there wasn't a lot of money going into school funding, especially on that side of town. Um, So I made a lot of friends. A lot of my friends were black and Hispanic. I had a few white friends, but not nearly as many white friends as I did until I went into middle school. My fifth grade year, my parents sat us down and they told us that there was going to be a new addition to our family and, you know, nine months later, we had Avery um, or, I refer to her as Bug because that's what she just she reminds me of. She's just a little small butterfly. She's very sensitive and gentle, but she's also super crazy and wild. In that same year, my mother and father decided that they would separate and I told my mom that if she ever left my dad again, that I would want her to have her own space because I didn't want to move in with my grandparents, so one day in July. Um, My mom just comes home and she's like, you know pack everything up We're leaving and we don't know what's going on. We just pack as much up as we can Um, And of course, we'll go back and get things later and my mom drives us to our new house, which she did end up buying So I had to leave behind all of my friends from elementary school and I would have gone to Northeast middle school but my mom had left of course and here I am just kind of stuck in a awkward zone because i don't really know what i'm supposed to do i'm in a new city and a new house and i'm gonna transfer to a new school i'm gonna have to make all new friends the only thing that really stuck well the only person that really stuck with me at the time was my best friend lucas him and i um both ended up going to the same middle school because his mom was in the same situation they had both moved out around the same time and got their own places Looking back on it, I didn't really notice the underlining racism and ignorance from my white friends, but there was a lot. Moving to Matthews, it's a predominantly white town. It's pretty small as well. Um, it's about 15 or 20 minutes from uptown Charlotte, and it has a racist history as well. I went to Crestdale Middle School, which is now considered a performing arts middle school because of the music programs and acting programs that they have. So apart from being independent, I was also a super bubbly child, I, it wasn't hard for me to make friends, I wanted to be friends with anybody and everybody. My sixth grade year, we were, we were kind of forced, I think everybody in middle school is forced to sign up for a musical class, and between band and orchestra, I decided that I would pick orchestra and be different i did orchestra up until my i want to say sophomore year of high school so i've had about four let's see three four five years of experience and i played the viola don't ask me to play because the only song i can remember is twinkle twinkle little star and even then it still sounds awful but i had made friends in orchestra and on top of that i had also made friends outside of the orchestra classroom and a lot of them were white so I did hang out with a lot of white girls in middle school, and that's something that I kind of regret because I feel like I should have hung out with people who could understand me and connect to me, um, especially since I was going through a divorce. I had friends who were also going through divorces, um, but a lot of my white friends, their parents were, you know, they were together. They had a two-parent 2, two parent income household, and they their parents did pretty well for themselves. I never really invited a lot of my white friends over to my house because their houses were so much bigger and nicer than mine, Um, and it was kind of embarrassing at first, but looking back on it, I'm proud of my house. My mom's really turned it into a home for herself. In 7th grade, I decided that I would try out for sports, and I had tried out for cheerleading. Didn't make the team, believe it or not, but I did end up making it the 8th grade year, and I had a lot of fun doing that. I also did track my 8th grade year of middle school, so I had a lot of friends in track, I had a lot of friends in orchestra, and I had a lot of friends in cheerleading. I want to say that the start of middle school really started my, like, identity crisis. Because the girls were so popular, I wanted to be just like them, and they influenced me to straighten my hair and to, you know, dress like them, so yeah, of course I fell for the trap of trying to be white. And I bought myself, you know, Jack Rogers and Birkenstocks and I straightened my hair a lot. And now that I'm looking back on it, it was probably the worst decision I've ever made in my life trying to be somebody else because it was so much easier for me to just be me. Flash forward to high school, I decided that I would do cheerleading after my eighth grade year and I did it my freshman year of high school. I made a lot of friends on the cheerleading squad, even if it was JV, I had friends who were on varsity and friends that I went to middle school with who did cheerleading with me as well. So cheerleading was really fun, I loved watching the games, I loved cheerleading, but it I decided it wasn't for me. I would much rather watch the game than, you know, cheer for the game. At the same time, I did track as well. While I was in cheerleading, I was also leaving practice to go to track practice as well i did track up until my junior year of high school and then it kind of dawned on me hey kaya you actually suck at this so how about you stop i have not jumped over a hurdle since my freshman year i decided that i would run for homecoming court and the reason i did this was because i had experience in the past when it came to modeling and pageantry. I did it a lot in middle school um, and I stopped doing it in high school only because I felt like I was going to be judged um, and be labeled as some like stereotypical princess or something. But I did end up winning the homecoming court freshman year along with um, another student Sophia. A lot of people knew me um, from middle school and a lot of people knew me from elementary school because Butler High School was kind of integrated between the two. So I had kids who went to, you know, Northeast Middle School and Mint Hill Middle who also went to the same elementary school as I did. And it was kind of just like we were rejoining each other. Now, Butler was pretty integrated as well. I want to say that our school's racial profile matched the exact same profile as Charlotte. Um, So we did have a lot of black kids. We had a lot of Hispanic kids. We had a smaller amount of white students But I want to say that my freshman year, I saw more white students at Butler High School than I did any other year. So like I had mentioned earlier, my parents got separated and they got divorced in 2013. And I lived with my mom up until I want to say my 8th grade year, I started talking to my dad again. A lot of times my grandparents on my mom's side had a huge impact and influence on the way that I thought. And please do not get me wrong when I say this, but when I had heard about the shooting of Trayvon Martin, I looked at it kind of like, oh, it's not my problem because it didn't happen to me. As I've gotten older and developed my own mindset, I've realized that it is my problem and it doesn't matter if, you know, it's Trayvon Martin or Breonna Taylor or George Floyd. If you are black, you are looked at as a target. I have an extremely fair complexion, so I could pass as white if I straightened my hair and I didn't get any sun that summer, but I did have a little bit of a tan. So did my brother, and if a police officer stopped my brother, I realized that, you know, it doesn't matter to me if I know that my brother is a good student or not. To a police officer, he's going to see my brother as a threat so not to bring politics in but on my dad's side of the family majority of them are democratic and on my mom's side of the family they're republican my mom is a registered independent and i think my dad is too um but i can see kind of where their ideas are flowing from on either side so yes my mom's side of the family had a huge influence on me because my parents were divorced i didn't really spend a lot of time with my other side of the family I actually loved spending time with my dad's side of the family as I got a little bit older. At first, I would say like, no, I don't want to go visit them. But now that I'm a lot older, I love visiting my dad's side of the family. They're always super funny. Um, my cousins always, you know, make sure that I'm I'm straight. They're always looking out for me. And it's just, it's really fun. And it gives you that, you know, that black family bond that everybody talks about you know the cookouts or the family reunions it gives me that type of vibe but we also had fun on my mom's side of the family you know we would have picnics and my aunt katie would make charcuterie boards you know we was living it up you No, know, but i went on vacation with my mom's side of the family a lot and i was really privileged um to have that opportunity because my grandparents made they made a pretty decent living for themselves and they were able to afford vacations for all of us to go on my teachers in high school were a little bit different though especially my history teachers i hated my history teachers with a passion i can only honestly say that the only two history teachers that i liked were dr campbell and miss walls because they were, they were strong black women, and they were also really close friends as well. Um, Dr. Campbell was my freshman world history teacher, and Miss Walls was my senior year African American studies teacher. I had my fair share of, you know, institutional racism um, with my history teachers, and I could tell that my history teachers didn't really have the best interest in me. And when it came to talking about slavery or talking about things that were happening in our society and throughout history, you could see that they were on the fence with their opinions. I remember my sophomore year of high school, I had registered to be in AP Psychology, and I remember being stopped by the psychology teacher at the time, I'm not going to say his name, but I remember being stopped by a psychology teacher at the time, and he completely tried to discourage me but i could see he tried to like cover his discouragement he stopped me in the hall in between class change and he told me like hey kaya like are you sure you want to sign up for ap psychology you know um your test scores don't really look that well mind you i'm in an honors class i had signed up for all honors classes except for math that same year And my test scores were actually really well. I was one of the highest grades in that world history class. um, And that was the class that actually referred me to AP Psychology. My junior and senior year, actually in my sophomore year, I had history teachers that were on the fence when it came to topics of discussion about politics and race. And um, two of these teachers ended up being married so they of course had their same the same influence on each other um, when it came to politics and things that they cared about in both classes um, i knew that black students didn't really matter that to them they didn't give as much emphasis on their black students they also didn't recommend any black students for their you know ap history classes my senior year is actually the year that i decided i would separate from my parents Um, ideas of, you know, politics or my own mindset, Um, and I had Miss Walls as my African-American studies teacher. Now, besides Dr. Campbell, Miss Walls was the only black female teacher that I had, and Miss Walls was also mixed. Miss Walls is Native American and black, and I remember on the first day of school, she told us that You know she was mixed and she told us about her life in chicago and how she was this you know little mixed girl and i felt like i had a connection with her because she could relate to being in sort of this twilight zone of how you feel um, and how you should think miss walls and i actually developed a pretty strong relationship and i want to thank my boyfriend trey for that because he had known her from middle school he was practically her son Um, So I had spent a lot of time with Ms. Walls. Her and I would have discussions after class. She would give me book recommendations. She actually inspired me to pick up the autobiography of Malcolm X because she's such a huge fan. Now this was also Ms. Walls' first year teaching African-American studies and she only got the first semester in because COVID kind of ruined that for us. But I would say that she's done an amazing job. Um, She started all the way back from the roots of Africa. Um, and then kind of throughout the year, well, throughout the semester, um, told us, taught us about, you know, Pan-Africanism um, and the civil rights movement. And we learned about civil rights leaders and activists who weren't mentioned or who weren't known throughout history. Um, for example, Huey P. Newton. Um, we don't learn about him in history books because our history books are so whitewashed. And she also didn't teach out of the textbook which was something that I liked because even our African American studies textbook was written by a white man and it was whitewashed. So the senior year of my fall semester I started looking into colleges and you know on my list I had places like UNCW and NC State and UNC Charlotte and a t Now my dad went to a my dad's dad went to A&T and my great grandfather who is my dad's dad's dad um, he also went to A&T and all three of them played football here. I decided that I would choose A&T because it was it was a known place to me. I had been up to Jiho a few times. I've seen a couple games and I knew about a lot of things that were going on on campus and things that I was excited about miss walls also helped me pick my school she doesn't really know it but she did have a huge influence on it she went to a hbcu herself and she told me about how she kind of went through some of the similar things that i went through which was like a identity crisis trying to figure out who you were and figure out what your history is and attending ant was kind of like a culture shock to me because when i got on campus i was just like where, where's the diversity? Um, I had been so used to seeing so many different people of so many different walks of life on campus that when I saw just black people, I was kind of overwhelmed and I was like, is this where I belong? Am I gonna fit in? Is everybody gonna think I'm white? My first mistake was coming up to A&T with straight hair. I think the first lesson that A&T taught me was, you are a minority. When you step on an HBCU campus, if you're light-skinned, if you're white, um, even if you're mixed, um, you're going to be looked at differently because you're not black. But that still didn't stop me from making friends. Of course, I have friends from all different walks of life here. The week that I had moved into school, um, I had worked that entire summer, so I didn't have a tan. I was pretty fair-skinned, and I straightened my hair, and I had also dyed it on top of that. So as I'm moving into my dorm, you know, I have people who are looking at me, I have people who are offering to help. And a few nights later, I'm outside of my my dorm hall, Barbie Hall, and I'm standing outside with my friend Vance, and we're just we're just chatting. I'm not sure why we're outside. I want to say we just came back in from a walk, and some kid comes up to me grabs my shoulders looks me dead in the eye and he's like yo like even though we're not the same skin color you're still family and I look over at Vance and I'm like Vance does he does he think I'm white and Vance just bust out laughing and the dude who had grabbed me was like oh like and I was like yeah I'm not I'm not fully white I kid you not that same night Actually, within that same hour, I ran upstairs to my room, washed my hair, and blow-dried it, and I was like, I'm never straightening my hair again. And I'm not saying A&T had a huge influence on, you know, me being super pro-black or something like that, but, um, I definitely feel more comfortable in my natural hair now than I do with straight hair. Straight hair is a lot to manage with, especially with my hair type, because my hair just gets so frizzy during, you know, humidity, and... At the same time, it rained a few days later. Um, it was just easier for me to just go ahead and wash my hair. But since my time, you know, arriving at a I've made a lot of friends. I've made a lot of memories. I've tried a lot of new things. And I'm really excited to see what this semester has in store for me. And even though this semester isn't going to be normal. um, And yeah, of course, I'm super upset that Jiho won't be happening this year. Um, I do look forward to other events happening on campus, hopefully in the spring. And I hope that, you know, class of 2021, whenever they have their school time, um, I hope that they get to experience some of the things that we didn't get to experience. I really hope that this pandemic stuff kind of leaves and heads over like by next summer because I do want to experience college the same way that you know people in the past have experienced it I want to say that this is perfect timing because construction has actually started outside of my room um, they usually start around 10 o'clock every morning um, so it is a little bit loud I know that I hear I heard the forklift a little bit earlier um, but it's about time for me to close out this segment anyway Before I close out this segment, I do want to give a message to everybody who's listening, whether you're mixed or you're black or you're white or even if you're Hispanic or Latino, um, wherever you're from, please make sure that you're registered to vote. We are the minorities. We cannot keep letting the majority win us over and control our future and our destiny, especially since we are the people who have the future in our hands. Please register to vote in North Carolina. The deadline to register to vote is October 3rd. If you decide to vote by mail this year, please make sure that you get your ballots early and you also send them in early. Um, I don't want anybody's vote not being counted because they had missed the deadline. Um, I think I can give you guys a little bit more information about those deadlines. Also, if you haven't heard much about the presidential election, you can check out my last episode and figure out why it's so important for you to vote and who you should vote for. I also encourage those of you who are still under the influence of your parents um, please go out and you know do your own research, figure out who you want to be, um, even if it's just in college for me, it didn't start until my senior year of high school that I started developing my own mindset but don't follow your parents path especially if you feel like the path that they've decided isn't the path that you want Um, that's the entire purpose of you growing up is to find your own path and to grow up and have your own experiences Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's podcast. It really means a lot to me. I will try to make sure that I get back on top and back on schedule with my podcast segments. Um, I'll try to upload an episode every Wednesday. If it's not on a Wednesday, it'll be on a Friday. Um, And I promise to hold myself to that. I just had a lot going on. And on top of that, my microphone cut out. So I'm really hoping that the sound sounds amazing or at least somewhat decent quality for you guys. Um, make sure that you guys like and subscribe Um, my platform is also available on spotify and i will be um, uploading on apple music soon i really do appreciate you guys i hope that everybody has a blessed weekend Um, whoever it is that you believe in whether it's you know your christianity belief or your muslim belief um, i hope that you guys all stay safe um prayers go out to everybody i'm hoping that everybody is kind of healing um especially this past year alone it's been pretty rough on us so thank you guys so much for listening and i'll see you guys next week